Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. It did take a remarkable amount of cooperation from all the players and all the owners to do this. So showing that it can be done. Does that lay the groundwork for something less antagonistic or do you believe it will be totally contentious again? If it is not a bloodbath, Tony, I will come back on this podcast and sing Mary Had a Little Lamb. I mean... This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So, um, we have lost Nigel for the day, basically. Nigel's the jack on... I've I've fixed it. I can hear now. You fixed it? Okay. So, we didn't lose Nigel. There goes the show. You know, now we we were hoping... To have lost <laughs> Nigel so that Nigel would have to wait for the podcast to come out to hear that I was going to open by saying he needs to get this fixed today. If it is a phone jack, he needs to buy a new phone jack. If it is the microphone itself or the connection itself, he needs to fix it. So now I don't have to use the third person. I can use the second person. You need to fix this today because this is not the first time this has happened. This has happened with a certain amount of regularity that we get ready to do the show, and you seem to be having troubles with your equipment. Am I correct on that? Well, I wouldn't characterize it as a regular occurrence. I think from time to time, the tech gremlins get into my laptop, but um, I, there's there's not much I can do to fix it other than fiddle around with it and jiggle the um, the headphone, but it seems to be working now. So wait, 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 fiddle wait. and jiggle. Wait, wait. Yeah. yeah, before you fiddle and jiggle, what is the thing? What is the name of the piece of equipment that you use with the phone jack? It's a computer, right? Well, this is uh, your computer. It's a computer this and is... it's a headphone jack. So it's the right. little place where you plug your headphone into that little I get inside it. the computer. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So get a new computer. That's why we have a show account. Get a new computer. So now right. you're issuing two directives. Yeah. I mean, that's because I don't want to. Nigel needs a new computer, and I need to get him a new computer. I, I don't want to go through this all the time. You know, we've, we've had this. We've had this little gremlin problem um, more than a little and fairly recently. So we'll, we'll try to address it that way. Uh, Michael is here, six feet, one inches away at Uncle Benny's table. We can begin, uh, I guess... Because we're not going to, we don't have a guest who's going to get to this today, the NBA. Uh, LeBron James had a good game. Jimmy Butler had a good game. LeBron James' game was a little bit better because he's got Anthony Davis. Uh, Bam Adebayo came back, but Goran Dragic has not been able to come back. Miami loses. They go down 3 uh, 1. LeBron is, his history is to close out. When he has a chance on a closeout game, he very regularly wins those games. So I'm not expecting this to go six. I'm expecting game five to be the last game. Um, I watched a little. It starts a little bit late for me. It starts about 9.15. It's a little bit late. I watched the first quarter. Um, and the games are good. The ratings are terrible. Absolutely terrible on the NBA Finals. They're really bad. Um, there's any number of reasons for this, and most of the reasons are in combination. But, I mean, I would say that one thing right off the bat is people – there's competition. There's baseball on. There's football on. I think most every rating is down a little bit because we have this glut of sports right now that everybody's watching everything. And you know what? We're not used to basketball in October. We're not used to it. 
It's foreign to well, you us. You are. It's just preseason back. Yeah, it's foreign to us to have championships now. So that's, I mean, that's part of it. There's a lot of other things that are part of it too. I think the politics is probably part of it. A depression on on all sports. I think people just, you know, just say to themselves, "Come on, my life is hard enough dodging the virus. I don't want to deal with these other things." But the ratings are bad uh, for the NBA, and yet I think the games are very good. I mean, I think when you watch them, you just say, "Wow, that is a good game." That's a good game. The Lakers uh, and the Heat, those games have been good. Anthony Davis surprised me. I thought he'd have a bigger game. He had 22 and 9, I think. He'd been averaging on the, – the interesting thing, the reason I thought the Lakers would win – well, I always think the Lakers are going to win, but the, the specific reason is they have lost three playoff games and won the next game each time. They were 3-0, and and in those three games, they were – Anthony Davis was averaging 33-9. and so I thought that was evidence that LeBron James was feeding him, was making sure he had a big game. Because Anthony Davis, with the aid of LeBron James, is a first-string all-star player. He's a great player. And I, you know, I pretty much thought that would happen. LeBron had a better statistical night than I thought. LeBron in those bounce-back games has not had great statistics, but he's won. He's, you know, when it's all said and done, it's not a question of, is he better than Michael Jordan? It's, it's not. It's not like, is Tiger Woods better than Jack Nicklaus? And you go, well, Jack Nicklaus had these, all these majors, and, and Tiger Woods didn't have as many. And, and Michael Jordan went to the finals six times and won all six. And LeBron's now in the finals ten times, and the best he can do is win four out of ten. So you're always going to have a reason to say Michael Jordan is better. I accept that. But LeBron James right there with Michael Jordan. Once all said and done, his career record is, is going to dwarf most people's. It's going to be really, really good. Bill Russell's will be better. Bill Russell's is better than, than Michael Jordan's. He's got more championships, different eras. So you just, you know, nobody says, oh, is Bill Russell better than Michael? So, you know, don't worry about is, because you don't want to get in this discussion with Wilbon, who's just going to laugh at you and say Michael Jordan's better than everybody in every sport of all time. Anyway. So I wanted to talk about some slight little thing that happened in my life yesterday. I would like to, and Michael doesn't, Michael's not aware. Oh, oh what about the golf tournament? Oh, talk about the first tee golf tournament. Oh, sure. So yeah. yesterday was the first tee. Um, this was fundraiser. A fundraiser at Riverbend uh, Golf and Country Club over in uh, Great Falls, Virginia. And fantastic course. And this is supposed to be a summer event. And the organizers were able to secure this October date. And there's nothing better than fall golf in this area. So I just wanted to speak to uh, one of the core values that first he has, and this is nationwide, is perseverance. And I'm uh, just, I'm extremely proud to be part of this organization and to see how they were put this on, put this on in a safe, meaningful way, raise a lot of money in the process, shamble format. And what's great is you're doing live scoring. So I'm playing with our executive director, Clint Sanchez, who's in charge of scoring. And it's a workday for him. So he's often a couple holes behind, but I have a rule for some of these events, which is you want to you want to place, but you can't place too high up the leaderboard. So you're like, all right, it's it's too gross, it's too gross. Give me give me what do we do? We want one birdie? Do we need two birdies here? Because we're using my drive line. I want to go. Do I need to make this six footer for par, or are we okay going to the next? So I think we we finished top ten. Had a really good time on the golf course. My highlight was actually they use a, the, a service called Caddy Now, which is a it's a caddy service where your club, even if it's not a caddy club, can bring in the service, and they bring in a lot of teens, kids who are who are new to the game, and they'll give back to uh, to some charities as well. So we had a fifth grader named Mason who had no desire to be out on the golf course on a <laughs> perfect fall day. 
So he's running. It just reminded you of how a golf course is really a big open field. And sometimes you just want to roll around in a bunker <laughs> and wander off the tee and talk in someone's back. There's all these little, the minutia of golf. And as he's sitting there, you know, mindlessly dangling some tees and some coins and people are walking off butts, I'm just smiling to myself. One, I grew up playing golf with you, so you could talk through my swing yeah. at all times. And there was just a joy to his afternoon. So that was a lot of fun. I understand the Socialite sponsored a hole. The Socialite did not sponsor a hole. He sponsored the beverage service. Oh, the beverage service. which Brought was... to you by the Bubis family. Right. We highlighted doers. Yeah, doers. on the rocks. <laughs> Save the ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let me give you the story. Oh, by the way, I, should, I also should mention this because I took this note. Last year, the ratings of the NBA were bad. And one of the reasons last year the finals were bad was Toronto was in them. So Toronto's crowd is not measured in the United States rating service. So yeah, you I remember lost, you being obsessed with that data point. <clears throat> well, you, yeah, you lost one full city. And, I mean, if Toronto had just moved to Buffalo just for that, <laughs> just for that, those games, that would have been a much higher rating. It's just interesting. So this year you think it's almost like daylight savings times where we got to this time of year and we're just – biologically moving on. I, do, I think so, and I think there's a glut of sports. Right. I think there's so many other things out there. And this, what I'm going to talk about now has nothing to do with sports. I decided yesterday I would try to order a product off my phone. Oh, gosh. I decided I would order two pair of shoes, those boat shoes I like, which are called the Earl Boater from the Bass Company, GH Bass. They had sent me something on my phone you click everything. They Yes. They sent me something on my phone that I For could get 30% razors, off. Click here. 30% off. Uh, and, and these are normally $64.99. That's what they cost. Each shoe is, not each shoe, each pair, $64.99. So I was going to, you know, I go through two or three pair a year, and I like them very much. So I was going to order, and I clicked on certain things, and I added it to the bag, and I added the quantity, and I got the tan, and then I didn't know what was going on. Then nothing happened. Then I couldn't move on. I couldn't pay. I didn't know what happened. So I wrote them an email. Oh, God. And my email said, hi, um, I'm having a lot of trouble ordering. I would like to buy these two pair of shoes. Here's my credit card number. No, I didn't do that. I didn't send that security. in. No, I just said, but I'm, I'm old and I don't seem to know how to do this. Could someone please help me? And I signed it, Tony Kornheiser, Washington, Cheers. D.C. Tony Kornheiser, Washington and they, Post. And so they didn't get back to me. So I don't, I, I, I've got to be the only person in the country that cannot shop online. I don't know how to do it. I'm very tempted to set up your phone for one-touch Apple Pay, but then I'm equally terrified to see what would show up to this house. I just want to buy two pairs of shoes. I was going to I was going to get 30% off and free shipping cuz the order was over $100. I was like it was perfect for me. It was totally perfect and I failed to be able to do it. Is Nigel, Sean, Sean, can you buy online? Do you know how? Yeah, of course. You buy online. Yeah, of course. I'm doing oh. it now. <laughs> Nigel, do you know how to shoes? buy online? Yes, it's pretty much all I do these days because I detest going into stores where someone says, can I help you? And I immediately run away from them. So now I don't have to deal with that. I just do everything online. It's so so I guess I'm, I'm one of the few that don't know how to do this. Well, well, I don't know how to only. do it. Do you know I that also based, based on your American Express, you probably qualify for free two-day shipping via one of the American Express partners. So you don't even have to worry about that. 
Well, I couldn't do it, though. I couldn't buy it. Now, when you have your both... Two, I just wanted to buy two pairs. Because well, you're replacing two at a time. But you always have... You have more than one in rotation, correct? Yes. Now, do you rank... I have one out at the beach and one here. So you don't rank your in-city activities. Well, you know, today's a bank day, so I'm going to wear the good pair. Oh, no. Or today's just No, a I only have one pair here. Dog. I only have one pair here. One pair at the beach is falling apart, and one pair here, and I just want to get two pairs. I, I, I don't... You know what? I, I guess the part of me that, that is upset is I want to spend money and acquire something, and I'm being stifled... I, by the by the methodology, and I can't go to a store because there are no stores around here. There's no bass store near me. The closest bass store is, I even wrote that in the note. I normally shop at the outlet store in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and I'm, you know, I'm asking for your help. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I'm so looking forward to the reply email that you get. <laughs> I don't think there'll be one. I think I probably sent it to a dead box. Where they don't. I actually... think it, I think that is being shared around the Bass email <laughs> listserv right now. Well, I don't mind that. I mean, it, but I mean, I would like to be able to buy these shoes. Is that so terrible? I'm trying to buy shoes. Normally, you just make me buy them for you. I'm trying to buy shoes, and I'm I seem to be unable to do it. And I, as Nigel suggests, I'm the only one who's unable. You're to crossing do it. out on your legal pad. Buy shoes. <laughs> I crossed out GH Bass because I already talked about it. All right. We can get out of here. Um, when we come, Richie, when we come back, Richard Justice of MLB.com, yes? That's right, yes. Richard Justice, when we return, he'll pro- he probably knows how to order online. I bet. I'm Tony <laughs> Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here's a Simply Safe ad. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer, and that is Simply Safe. Michael and Nigel connected Simply Safe to our studio at WMAL. I, I say our studio. We haven't been there since the beginning of March. I don't even know. I don't. Somebody's check this, probably check in there. Check the tape to see if it's still ours. Yeah, somebody might be in there. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door, tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, and medical professionals if there's an emergency. And I've seen that around this neighborhood. I've seen a couple of Simply Safe signs. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. That's what Michael and Nigel did. No technician is required. There's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. All this starts at $15 a month, and I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it, quote, the best overall home security of 2020. So head to simplysafe.com slash Tony. You get a free HD camera. You listen to this show. You sign up. You get a free HD camera. Simply Safe is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Tony. Use the code. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Lisa Craze. This is a song called Until I Dance With You. It's sent to us by Rich Johnson in Las Vegas, who says it's been months since I screwed up the ownership of Giant while sharing the news that my Giant card works at Smith's here in Las Vegas, which is owned by a different company. The shame lives, lives on. Hope to redeem myself by sharing two songs from a former radio news colleague in Seattle, Lisa Craze. Having, like so many of us, been beaten up and spit out by the radio business, Lisa found her singing voice a few years ago. Since then, she's recorded a couple of albums and some standalone songs. I found two that are absolutely beautiful, Until I Dance With You and Maybe All Along. This is Until I Dance With You, 
and it plays in Richard Justice of MLB.com. And we will start, and I'm cognizant of the fact that you are Texas born and raised, Waxahachie, Texas. I am aware of that. You went to the University <laughs> of Texas. And so when I ask about the Houston Astros, where you live, that is your city, I'm expecting some mixed feelings here. So I'll just start with, how do you feel about the Houston Astros who are now, you know, I think one win, are they one win away? One win away from the National League Championship Series. Given everything that's happened, how do you feel? It's pretty amazing, actually. And I got to spring training this year um, right after the storm, after the terrible news conference and all that. And I know these guys, and they were emotionally beaten down. The, you know, the thing that they had, the, the, their trademark was this energy and this joy they played with. And people would ask me, are they really like that? I mean, is Alex Bregman really that happy? A guy, George Springer, um, they were beaten down. And their first road trip was to Anaheim and to Oakland. And they were going to get, they were getting booed every day in spring training. They were going to get it during the regular season. And I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are, but everything that you'd sort of, major reputation on winning and having fun and these dugout celebrations and all that. And to have everyone in the world rooting for you, there is no way it didn't impact you. And I saw it. I mean, I just walked around that clubhouse and guys that I know pretty well, they weren't the same people. And it played out that way during the regular season. Now they did, they got everybody hurt in their bullpen. They had nine pitchers make their major league debut. They didn't know what they had. They were 29 and 31 in the regular season. And you thought, this is going to be a fast postseason. What has happened is um, their young relievers have been great. Their bullpen hasn't allowed a run in 16 and two-thirds innings. And it's these kids. And they did a a strong thing. And the new general manager in the first round, they piggybacked their starters. That meant we're going to take our highest-paid player, Zach Greinke, we're going to take him out of the game. He hasn't even pitched in the – in the in the division series and may not he's got an arm issue but it, more than that they had young guys they preferred to see and what happened offensively Springer hit a ball out of the park Correa got a ball out of the park and they just sort of got their energy going and we asked them this every day are you are you guys back to where you were the people that push the edge every day and so you asked me how I feel personally I mean Tony I like these guys so much that it's hard for me I know what they did, and, and I, I know they're guilty, and I know they deserve all the shame that anyone can dump on them. But I like George Springer. I like Jose Altuve, and it's fun for me to watch them play baseball. Do you think that anyone outside of Houston can root for them? Are they? No. Uh, that's, I, I agree with that. So, so no, I and, guess and I, not only that, Tony, it's become – you, you know, you and I have talked through the years. It's the cliche column. The, the villains won again. The villains won game yeah. one. They won game two. And I, I don't, you know, I think we asked Springer or Bregman or somebody yesterday, or Correa especially, like, you know, because uh, he's been out front about it. Like, you want to hate us? Hate us. Like, um, are you guys aware of this? Do you care? Are you embracing it? And what I see is this is their last roundup. Springer's a free agent. Josh Reddick's a free agent. Michael Brantley is a free agent. Justin Verlander's probably thrown his last pitch for the organization. Um, that it's sort of a last go-round, and they just seem to be back to having fun. I will say this. They hired the perfect manager in that Dusty Baker, 60 years in the game. Nothing he hasn't seen or done. 
and he 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 provides a sense of calm, and uh, they needed that. So they all knew. Everyone on that team knew that they were cheating, that they had crossed the line. They all knew that. I guess one of my questions is, I know they've acknowledged it. Have they apologized for it? Do you sense apology or simply acknowledgement? I think great athletes have trouble acknowledging something like that. Now, we'll say this. I believe it was Alex Bregman or somebody said, you know what? On that day, and, and they had they they did a terrible job. Their owner stuck oh, his foot in his mouth a terrible. couple of times. I mean, you couldn't look worse because when you, you have to, it's one of the things I learned from Joe Gibbs is that when you screw up, you got to throw yourself on the mercy of the court and don't start making excuses. On the other hand, Alex Bregman, I believe, said this to me: uh, Had I stood up, poured gasoline on myself, lit a match. There would have been people said, you know what, that really wasn't enough. That's a start. That, That's a good right, start, right, but, but right. it wasn't enough. So all you can do is go play and, and keep playing. Not having fans in the stands was a huge advantage for big them. Big help. Uh, big help. Big help. Yeah. Because I, I don't care who you are, you don't like being told. You don't like being cursed at for three and a half hours every night. So the, so the ultimate question becomes this, and I preface it again by saying you know them, you're from there, you live there. Do you want to see them in the World Series, or is a part of you says, no, no, not the World Series, no? <laughs> uh, well, I'm so conflicted because I, <laughs> I can't tell you how much I love the Oakland A's, and I love the job Billy Bean's done, and what they need is some affirmation. Bob Melvin's one of the best people I've ever known in this game, and their players. I mean, they, they're everything that came out about this cheating scandal. The A's had whispered this for years. You know, the trash can banging. They bang on a trash can. And I, like, joked with Bob Melvin one time a couple of years ago, like, well, why don't you guys start banging on a trash can to distract him? And he didn't think it was that funny, you know, and they <laughs> feel like they stole, the Astros stole their lunch money, even though the A's had won 97 games too two years in a row, there is really a hatred there. And for the A's to lose to the Astros, I think a lot of people wouldn't have a good feeling about that. But you got to play, and when it's time to play, the Astros so far have played better, and it's because they're bringing kids in from the bullpen that are better than the ones the A's are bringing in. All right, let me get to the other series in the American League, the Yankees and the Rays. That is now 1-1. I felt... I felt that the Rays missed an opportunity in game one. They got three runs off Garrett Cole. Six innings, three runs, two home runs. You get That, that may not seem like a lot of runs, but you're not going to get more than that on Garrett Cole. And I thought they missed that opportunity. I thought Blake Snell missed it. Yesterday, the Rays won. The Yankees struck out 18 times. But Giancarlo Stanton hit one out, hit two out, right? I, I mean, the Yankees, that's such a tough lineup to negotiate. So I wonder what, how you look at that series. And when the Yankees started a kid and pulled him after an inning, was that deliberate? Was that to set up righty-lefty? Is, is that what that was about yesterday? They started the kid, Debbie Garcia, because he has a great curveball, and they didn't want to throw a fastball pitcher out there against this team. That's one of the most remarkably constructed teams I've ever been around. They have 13 guys got a save this year. 
and I think five of those 13 also started a game. They, they have a real simple philosophy. We're going to go out and get all the guys we can to hit the ball hard and throw the ball hard. Yeah. They can just bring it. They, hit, they had nine, guys, nine pitchers on the disabled uh, injured list at one point this season, and they just kept winning. They just kept – they go get guys. Look at this kid they got uh, from the Cardinals, Randy Arozarena, 21 years old, I think, a Cuban. Um, he's amazing. But don't make a trade with the Rays. If, you're, if your local team makes a trade with the Rays, they're going to get taken to the cleaners. Tampa Bay is really good. The Yankees have a pitching problem. And, uh, you know, Jay Happ ended up in the game last night and didn't end up well. What they're going to do is they're going to, the Rays are going to get a lot of strikeouts, a lot of walks, and they're going to hit, hit balls over the, over the fence. You like them in this series over the Yankees? I like. I think it's a Rays Dodgers World Series. I don't know if that's okay. how it's going to play it out. Play out, but those are the two best teams I've seen this year by a little, pretty good margin. Now the Yankees are good; they're really good, but their starting pitching doesn't scare you. Tampa Bay runs out Blake Snell, who's great. He's won a Cy Young. wasn't great the other night. The kid last night, Glassnell, is very good, and they bring yes. Charlie Morton, a World Series hero, in today. So let's get to the Dodgers since you mentioned them. The Dodgers beat the Padres last night. The Padres had 14 strikeouts, and they were 3 for 30. The Dodgers won the game with more runs than hits. They had only four hits in that game. Let me start with Clevenger. You know, that was possibly a game changer. He only lasted an inning. He had three walks. What were your thoughts on that game and that series? San Diego is out of pitching. You know, to, 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 for Lama to be hurt and, and Clevenger to be hurt. I don't know where you turn now. Maybe Zach Davies. They have a good bullpen. They have this lineup, this kid, Fernando Tatis Jr., their shortstop. He's one of these, uh, sp- I don't know, spiritual leader. He's a great player. And, they, and he plays with a lot of emotion, and they feed off that. But the Dodgers are fabulous. I mean, the Dodgers, everything I said about the Rays is true. They have a bullpen full of guys that throw really hard and adding Mookie Betts to the top of that lineup has taken a good team that won seven division championships in a row and made it even better there. I mean, their run differential, their winning percentage and all, you have to go back 50, 60 years to find a team as good as the Dodgers. Now you have to do it. You know, Kershaw has to pitch well tonight in game two. He pitched great in the first round. So, so we'll see, but I mean, it, it seems like we're headed for a Dodgers race world series, but, Things happen. So I'll bring up one point on Tatis that was fed into my ear yesterday on the PTI show, which is Tatis's OPS against every other team this year that they played, so they were in the Western zone, was 1,000. Against the Dodgers, it was 629. He was three for his last 28 against the Dodgers. I'm not saying you can totally contain him, because there's three hitters on that club that are Machado and Myers and Tatis are really, really good. But the Dodgers have done well with him. I guess it leads to a question, what is baseball's preference? I mean, I think baseball is happy to get the Padres into this round, but do you think they would rather see the Padres or the Dodgers in the World Series? No, I mean, I think baseball would like to see a Dodgers-Yankees World Series, don't you think? I mean, Oh, yeah, 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 I agree. got some sex appeal. So, I mean, the Dodgers, that franchise, that uniform means something in the game. Same thing with the Yankees. You know, for those of us that are in, in, in the, you know, involved, like all the storylines are fascinating. And, and, the, and the Padres would be huge fun to watch because there is no more entertaining player in the game than Machado. And the left side of that infield with Machado and Tatis 
just phenomenal to watch. They make plays that take your breath away, and they do things offensively. But, you know, I think the general public, Yankees-Dodgers, mean something. So I I texted last night with Charlie Steiner, who went to Malvern (laughs) High School, the neighboring high school to Hewlett High School. And I know Charlie a long time. What's that clock? The, the oh, oh, the Aloha Tower. Tower. The Aloha Tower calendar. Yeah, he's in possession yeah. of it now. Or maybe I am. I don't even know at this point because it's been a while. <laughs> but so I texted with him. And I said, are you in the bubble in Texas? And he said, no, I'm in my living room. I've got three television sets in my living room. And he, he uh, referred me to the story that Bob Nightingale wrote about him in USA Today. He's doing the game in his living room. I mean, everybody, right? It's like you, you can't talk to players. You do Zoom calls. Everybody's life has changed. He's doing the game in his living room, and he's happy. He's happy. What do you think of that? Um, I, it has been an unbelievably fun season for me in that I've covered <laughs> every, almost – I've covered 10 teams from my living room. You do the Zoom calls before the game with Just... players and managers, after the game with players and managers. It's phenomenal. You know, I, I'm going to the World Series. I'm going to the World Series in Arlington. And we're in a quarantine hotel. And I, I said, well, does this mean I won't be able to leave the hotel? And the guy looked at me and says, you're tier three. You can go and come as you please. You're not going to be around anybody that matters. But I'm going to the World Series, even though everything's by Zoom. There's no clubhouse, no field. And, you know, the best part of a baseball game for us, for you and I, is those, that, that moment during batting practice. When you're Cage time. Talk, talk Cage time. Yeah. Yes. That's, Cage time. I mean, you miss the people. I saw uh, the other night. I saw Altuve walk across the screen uh, on the screen. And I, I just I looked at my wife and I said, I miss that little guy. I mean, you yeah. do miss being around the broadcasters and the writers and just the back and forth with the managers and, and all of that. And we don't have that. But for what it is, it's it's uh, for me. You know, just access you the clubs have done a great job bringing people into the zoom room a kid a cardinals kid named dakota hudson blew his arm out and we get on the zoom call after the game he's sitting there in the chair waiting for us to ask his questions you can't uh, you can't, for for what it is you can't ask for more that's good to know all right i'll talk to you soon thanks richie thank you tony richard justice of mlb.com nobody covers sports Better than Richard Justice. We will take a break. Chuck Todd will join us and pick some games. He had a good week, but we need to talk to him about the New England game and whether or not we've done the right thing on the New England game. Him and Jeff Ma both had New England plus seven, and then Cam Newton tested positive and didn't play, and we sort of took it off the board. Maybe we made a mistake. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Lincoln Financial read. It's a good read. They've wrote it. They've written it well. They wrote it or they've written it. Hey, everyone, this new world we're living in has me and my family talking a lot more. I mean, we're talking about everything from how much greater was the greatest of all time than today's greatest to how to make sourdough bread. Elizabeth made sourdough bread and she made a bunch of focaccias and we gave Jeannie one of the focaccias and she says they're just tremendous. Been eating it for two days. She's very happy. How excited we are that football's finally back. And trust me, that last one is important. I can't keep watching my dog run circles in the backyard, call that a spectator sport. Chessie is now, she used to at least drop the Frisbees once in a while so that I could throw her five Frisbees. And now she just, 
collects them and prances off, and it's boring for me. The, the game's evolved. It's, yeah, it's, it's no good. But despite how talkative we all are, the people at Lincoln Financial want to point out the one conversation that most people still have not had, your financial plans. So do find time to talk to your loved ones about it. Because the more we talk, the better we plan, protect, and retire. That's why Lincoln Financial is here to help you. Get the right questions to start your conversation at lincolnfinancial.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Lisa Craze. This is a song called Maybe All Along. It's sent to us by Rich Johnson, who says, when the COVID madness is over and you and Michael finally get to my home state of Oregon, I'll share two restaurant recommendations. Really, the only two restaurants in Portland that I know you'll enjoy. Lisa Craze is, this is lovely. Michael, if people like Lisa Craze want to send their original music to us, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And as always, you can listen to these songs in their entirety at the end of the podcast. They're probably better than anything I'm going to say. Chuck Todd joins us now, and, and here, here is our dilemma. Last week, both Chuck Todd and Jeff Ma took New England plus seven at Kansas City. Um, I liked the bet at the time. But then, you know, all hell breaks loose because Cam Newton tests positive for coronavirus and can't play in the game, and they end up – they should have started Steny Hoyer because Brian Hoyer wasn't any good. <laughs> and Steny Hoyer at 80 years old would have been just as good as Brian Hoyer. So I took the game off. I took the game off because it had to have gone much ahead of seven. I thought it would go to 14. Apparently it went to 10.5 or something like that. And Kansas City covered late. And I took it off, which means I had you at four and two and fifteen and twelve overall. But what what are your thoughts about that, Chuck? Well, they, that would have look. You would have been refunded your bet because it yeah. would have been taken off the board. And so now, what you did is what any sports book would have done, which is look, your bet's refunded. You know, you don't you don't you don't win, you don't lose. Now you want to make a new bet? Go right ahead. You know, um, had it got and I'll say this. The first half of that game was a reminder of why the seven-point bet with Cam Newton would have been a good bet. Belichick yes. knew how to yes. slow down the Chiefs. Hundred percent. He knew he right. We knew so it was watching the game was one of those you're like. In fact, I almost went ahead and put some money down on getting them ten and a half, getting getting ten and a half, eleven. Then I decided, um, no, stay away. You just don't. You know, there's too much uncertainty. That's a stupid bet. You'll just throw money away, and it would have been. Um, but Hoyer cost his team at least six points. Hoyer cost them at least six and maybe fourteen on those two plays. You know how much I love. You know how much I love you. My, you and Chris Saliza might be the only two people that would make a Steny Hoyer Brian Hoyer joke to me. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. I just think that's funny, and yet literally three people and Steny do. By the way, Steny, yeah. nice guy. I, I'm sure you've met him. Around. Yeah. he's just a nice. He's, he's one of Very the more capable. Affable guys around town. I'll give them that. Very pleasant. All right, let's get to games. And these games, uh, you know, now now we're in the fifth week, and and now there's there's you know information to draw on. I mean, we've watched a quarter of the season. We've got Tampa like Bay Green, minus. Like Danny Green says they are who we think they are. Whatever. That's right. Talk about. Yeah, That's right. They are who we think they Tampa are. Bay at Chicago. Nick, this is a great matchup because it's Nick Foles, Tom Brady, who on different teams. We're in the Super Bowl together, Philadelphia and New England. Tampa Bay looked good last week. 
They've lost their tight end for the whole year, though. Not drunk. Gronk. They've lost O.J. Howard for the whole year. Tampa Bay minus five and a half at Chicago had troubles last week moving the ball. What do you do? Um, I, I don't love this. This is tomorrow night, right? This is the Thursday yes. game. It's a great Thursday, Thursday night game. Uh, yes. Yeah, I got a problem with a 45-year-old on, uh, on a short week um, on the road. Um, I'm a little nervous about that. Um, and yet I, the Bears, boy, this is back-to-back home dogs for them, isn't it? Because they were a yes. home dog last week. and didn't Which surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is one of those that I don't want to bet it at all. I'm going to go ahead and go with Tampa only because I think Chicago's a bad team. Like this is okay. a terrible three and one team. They're not, this is not a mediocre three and one team. I think they're, they're the, I think they're the worst team in the NFC. I think they end up finishing last in the NFC North. Oh, you think that Minnesota catches them and passes them? I think really? both Minnesota and, and Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I Las Vegas. Las Vegas on the road at Kansas City. Las Vegas lost last week. They're two and two. This is a big number. Las Vegas getting 12 and a half against Kansas City. And Kansas City did not look good. Now, they look great against Baltimore. They did not look good against New England. 12 and a half. Tempted? I am because I think that, you know, and if I were a sports book right now, I don't know if I could set a Kansas City line high enough or a Baltimore line high enough. Right, you're just afraid of going against Mahomes. Um, yeah, I mean, look at what we just talked about with New England. New England had a pretty good game plan against Mahomes. He still covered an eleven. He still covered ten and a half. Right, you know, so he covered fourteen. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he covered your line of fourteen. So yeah, it, it, it yep. is. I, you know, I think the Raiders aren't that good, um, but they this this used to be considered a rivalry game. That, that do we still consider it this like the old AFL, the AFC Chiefs, West, the yeah, and the AFL, yeah, yeah. Raiders, have, Chiefs. Yeah. I don't know. It should. It doesn't. You know. But for me, it doesn't have the same pull as it once did. I don't. I'll, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs because you you'd be you can't bet against Mahomes. But that's a big number. I'd rather yeah. use it as a tease because at least you could tease it down below a touchdown. Here is another game. The line surprises me. It does surprise me. Indianapolis giving two and a half at Cleveland. Cleveland, I understand Dallas isn't good. Cleveland put up like 49 points. Cleveland, they haven't beaten anybody, but they're a three-and-one team. Indianapolis, minus two and a half at Cleveland. Who you got? Just so you know, this open pick, and it's been bet up in the last two days. Uh, oh. It was bet up early, two, two and a half for Indianapolis. That tells you all the smart guys and all the analytics guys um, think Cleveland's overrated. I just I struggle with both of these teams because they both seem to I rather have them as dogs than as favorites. I hate Philip Rivers as a favorite. I mean, how often at San Diego um, would he would he sort of this was a classic game he wouldn't win, right? He'd lose in the last minute in, in some form. Um, but I'll buy into the Indianapolis defense, and the, the theory being that Cleveland Cleveland is more of a mirage than Indianapolis. So I'll take okay. Indianapolis in the two and a half. All right. Um, the Giants are at Dallas, divisional game. Dallas should be 0-4. Dallas looks terrible. They couldn't even win when their quarterback passed for 502 yards and four touchdowns. But the Giants stink. They're just no good. I, you know, Giants getting 9.5 at Dallas. Are we sure? Are we sure, Dax? Are we sure this is a great offense? 
are no. we, you know, I know that I know it's statistically unbelievable, but are you afraid of Dak Prescott? Not, I'm not particularly, but I don't understand how the defensive coordinator there has a job in Dallas. I don't. Yeah, so, well, look. The bottom line is, I don't know how I get the line because the Giants are terrible. They are. At least the the Giants showed the Giants showed some effort last week. Yes. Uh, against the you know they didn't. I thought they were you know just full. Um, and I, I, I that's too much. Dallas is not good enough to lay that many points. Nine and a half with the Giants. That's yeah. It's just no. Give me, give me the, give me the dog on the nine and a half. Minnesota got a win last week and cost Bill O'Brien his job. Minnesota goes on the road to Seattle, a four and O team. Minnesota getting seven at Seattle. You got. I love Minnesota here. I mean, I and more because I think that you're paying um, a premium on Russell Wilson now. Right, he's covered. He seems to be a, a, a juggernaut. He, he's, you know, he's having the same year as Dak, except he's winning football games. Right, that's right. Um, Dak that's right. Win football games. Um, but Zimmer's a good coach, and I like the half. Po- I like that half point hook. I mean, Minnesota to 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 keep it keep it close. That's another thing. Seattle, they play close games. Miami, you know, they play close games. Give okay. Minnesota plus seven. The L.A. Chargers are getting seven and a half Wait, at I New Orleans. I had, a, I had a hook. Is that a seven? Oh, seven? all right. We're giving you seven and a on half. Minnes- on Minnesota, right? You, yes, you said, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Hey, the man, Chargers. The Chargers getting the same seven and a half at New Orleans. New Orleans somewhat disappointing so far. Some questions about Drew Brees. Um, the Chargers. They lost their number one quarterback to malpractice, and the kid Justin Herbert looked very good against Tampa Bay. He did. He looked very good. Will you take seven and a half against New Orleans or no? Well, this is what cost me a five and one week, right? Didn't I lose the half point yes. on this? Yes. Um, with San Diego and Tampa? Um, yep. So it's interesting that it's the same exact line. Think about it, right? They go to Tampa. And Tampa, New Orleans, we think the question is, which one of those teams do you think is better? Um, right now, it feels like Tampa's slightly better than, than New Orleans. I guess I'll go New Orleans. I hate the seven and a half, but I don't trust Sandy, uh, or excuse me, the Chargers. Uh, in no, Lynch. because they're going to get film on Justin don't. Herbert this week, and, and it's not oh, going to well, be as easy for him. It's not going to be as a, easy. It's a, it's a fair Last that's game is, yeah, well, that's how it works. L.A. Rams are at Washington. Washington... At least he called a couple of timeouts, Rivera, last week. <laughs> he called a couple. Uh, that was surprising. They didn't cover. I didn't think they were going to cover, um, and they didn't cover, though it was close against Baltimore. The L.A. Rams, back in the East, uh, giving nine. Who you got? It's a lot of uh, travel the Rams have had to go on. Yes, this yes. Their, yeah, this is like three straight, um, uh, two out of the last three weeks to the East Coast. But um, Sean McVay, is, his record is good in these games. It's good. Um, it's like 6-1, and one, I think, in, do you, in do you think 10 a.m. starts. Haskins, do you think if they benched Haskins, the football team could go 7-9? and nine? There is a piece today online by Neil Greenberg destroying Haskins. It's destroying him with, with statistics. They're not going to bench him. 
They're not going. I don't yeah. think they're going to bench him. Do you? I don't. I, I don't. It depends on what you want to do. You can. The fact is, anybody can backdoor into the playoffs in this division. Yeah, the, the a six and ten team I mean, could win this. Point. Yep. Yes. It, yes. It, it, which is, do you try that or not? Like, there's, there's just enough defensive talent on this team that if Alex Smith came back and was eighty five percent of what he was. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. I'm not even a big football team fan, but right. I'm just saying that it does feel like they could, if you know, uh, if they wanted to. But uh, look, I'm betting against the football team. Yeah, until, you take the Rams. You know, give you, nine. Just, yeah, give me, give me the Rams on the nine. Can I give you uh, just a minute since something that we talked about off the air, the death of Eddie Van Halen, and uh, and how you feel about that because that that's one of your bands. It, it was, and it's like I can't. Even, I won't even admit now that it's one of my favorite bands now. And I say that not, you know, it's it's. But in my childhood, I mean, yeah. I remember yeah. that I, getting Van Halen one and Van Halen two on vinyl. I own this on vinyl. I own the first four Van Halen albums on vinyl. I was Van Halen was the first album my dad borrowed from me. Wow, that's what it meant. You know, wow. he borrowed. He loved Dancing in the Dark. He borrowed Van Halen two from me. Right. I was I remember coming home and wanting to listen to Led Zeppelin, being disappointed because my dad had Led Zeppelin. It wasn't my band. Led Zeppelin. He you know, he had those albums, but Van Halen was my band. So it was something a, a buddy and I were talking about yesterday. It's like, hey, look, Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen. That's our that's for Gen X. That's our rock and roll band. Now, you may not say it's the greatest rock and roll band of all time, but it, they were a trendsetter. Um, and you know what? They were pretty darn good. And I and I get into good Van Halen moons every now and then. And so yeah, for 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 Gen X, I feel like you know he is you know what Eric Clapton may mean to you, Eddie Van Halen means to a lot of folks. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Well said. We'll talk to you soon, Chuck Todd, boys and girls. Think. And if if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scratch, scratch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attaché. Nigel's going to sing along. Reginald's got the vibes. Sometimes he throws the poo When he's had too much Johnny. Johnny All right. Reginald was one and two last week. Five and seven overall. Where did you find him this week, and what's he got? Well, once again, he was not in his his cage. He's actually down in Houston right now, uh, really? Mr. Tony, interviewing for the head coach position um, for the Texans. Now Bill O'Brien's job? Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, uh, and obviously this is not a done deal, but if hired, he would bring Bud Grant along with him as a mental toughness coach. So, That'd be good. That'd be yeah. good. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but he was willing to go through the games, and the first game we gave him um, was the Vegas Raiders getting 12 and a half at Kansas City. And sometimes we're confused about how old Reginald is. He's quite old. He showed me an old photograph of him breaking ground at the Flamingo with Bugsy Siegel, Meyer Lansky, and some bloke named Lucky Luciano back so in 1946. So, so he's going to go Vegas. He's yeah. going Vegas the whole way. He's going Vegas, yes. Okay. Um, now, the next game we gave him was Seattle at home, giving seven and a half to the Vikings. Um, and this was a nice photograph he showed me of him. That fish market that they have in Seattle, I think you've been Pike to it. Street. Pike, Pike Street. Street. Yeah, Pike, Pike, Place. Pike Place. Oh, Pike Place. Not Pike Street. Pike That's Place. Coffee. Okay. I don't know. It's Pike somewhere. Well, it was just a lovely photo of him there. 
cavorting about with Xavier McDaniel, Steve Largent, and Gary Payton. So some some Seattle luminaries there. Wait, wait, so he's he going against he's going against Bud Grant. Yeah, what? Apparently, he's going no, against Minnesota. Yeah, the monkey. Really, the monkey going against wow. Minnesota. Yes, yes. Surprise. So that's shocking. Actually, <laughs> shocking. But. You'll, you'll not be surprised at this. The last game again, of course, it was uh, the, the Washington football team getting nine at home against the Rams. Um, and we know he's done the Paris to Dakar rally several times. Uh, this he showed me some photographs of him in the car with Clint Didier, Richie Pettibone, and Mike Nelms. I, I, I don't think they won in the, finished in the money in that particular rally, but clearly he's got ties to the Washington football team. I don't know. I, I mean, I think the Rams are better. I do. I mean, Sean McVay, I, he's pretty good. Sean McVay knows what he's doing. Might have an ax to grind. Don't know. All right. That's good. Okay, great. It's great to hear from Reginald. We will take a break. Uh, we will come back with email and a jingle, right? That's right. All right. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. That's Bill Pitcher, right? That's Bill Pitcher? That's right. He's a tremendous organist. It's just so great. That's the mailbag thing. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad here? Oh, yeah. Uh, we love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Several locations around the D.C. area. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you. All right. That'll do it for us today. But before we get to the mailbag, I just want to say when some loud braggart tries to put me down and says his school is straight, is great, I tell him right away, now, what's the matter, buddy? Ain't you heard of my school? It's number one in the state. That's be true to your school. Mike Love doing the lead on that. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors today, Lincoln Financial and Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. We've been trying to do three a week, um, and we've been trying to do three a week because there's a lot of sports, so we don't get hung up on issues that are – what do you think, Michael? Three a week? Nigel? Sure. Do you like it? Yeah, yeah three a week it. works. Yeah. Did you wear your shacket this morning? I did to go out, my Johnny O shacket, uh, to walk the dog in the dark. I did. From Steve Kaplan in Fayetteville, North Carolina, I have tremendously enjoyed the discussion of Steal the Bacon. I could not help but notice the strangeness of playing this game at Jewish camps such as Camp Kiyuma and Camp Bowercrest. Bowercrest, mentioned on Monday's show, was a rival of my own camp, Tel Noar, and in 1969 rendered me my only defeat as an intercamp softball pitcher. I think I lost once or twice in about a 10-year career. As a boys-only camp, they also had an annual dance with girls at our co-ed camp. Do you mind if we dance with your dates? Shouldn't a Jewish camp <laughs> play hide is. the bacon? An object is hidden in a camper's duffel bag, and he has to switch it to someone else's bag before being caught with it by the referee known as the rabbi. Claims that that's not my bag. I've never seen that before. Is that bacon? How would I know? Or all used to avoid losing the game. As a counselor, I especially enjoyed the home version of Hide the Bacon, in which on the last day of camp we would hide real bacon in the duffel bag of the bunk's most annoying kid in the hope that his shocked parents would not send him back to camp the next year. It's just <laughs> tremendous. Uh, from Noah Kliegerman. 
First time, long time. On Monday's show, you read an email from Sam Leonard in which he described playing a particularly brutal brand of Steel the Bacon at Camp Bowercrest. I was delighted to hear mention of Camp Bowercrest as it's located in my small hometown of Amesbury, Massachusetts. I even spent a couple of Little League seasons practicing on the camp's baseball field. During one of those practices many years ago, two teammates were behind the backstop during batting practice. Without noticing where the other was, one of them was wielding a bat nonsensically and managed to clock my buddy in the cheek. He fractured his cheekbone and spent the summer not being understood by anyone he talked to, an experience that James Carville can uniquely identify with. Thank you for continuing the show during times like this. This is Noah. Very nice. A Steve the Sicker fan about Bob Gibson. For once, dear Toby, you were too conservative when you said Bob Gibson's ERA of 1.12 in 1968 was the lowest in the last 60, 50 or 60 years. Try 106 years. Gibson had the lowest ERA since Dutch Leonard's .96 in 1914 for the Boston Red Sox. One of Mr. Leonard's teammates that year was a rookie pitcher by the name of George Herman Ruth. Turned out to be a pretty good hitter. Um, another Bob Gibson quote. This is from Jim Zunick, who writes, The best quote ever about Bob Gibson came from his former catcher, Tim McCarver. And here's the quote. Gibson was the luckiest pitcher I ever saw. He always pitched when the other team didn't score any runs. That's a very good quote. I liked McCarver on TV. Mark oh, yeah. in Lowell, Massachusetts. The evening news said that Mars would be visible in the night sky tonight. closest we will get until 2035. I looked all around. All I could see was Uranus. Maybe you could point me in the right direction. It's funny. Yep. <laughs> Paul Pereira. I hope it's Pereira. In Roseland, New Jersey. After hearing last week's Yankee Doodle episode, I needed to add my own bit of information for life. I'm a history teacher at Arts High School in Newark, New Jersey. Every year I do an inference exercise with my students using the nursery rhyme Humpty Dumpty. Sure enough, every year I reprimand my students for inferring that Humpty Dumpty is an egg. Nowhere in the rhyme is he described as such, and it is widely believed that Humpty was a large cannon used during the English Civil War during the mid-1600s. Nigel's ancestor is probably the one who broke it. I always assumed it was an egg, but I guess not. From John, 72 years old, in Branchville, Alabama, to the human to whom I'm related by Frisbee. It has come to my attention you're whining about my barking. What's up with that? I'm a dog. It's what we do. Deal with it. Which brings me to why I am barking. Did I bark when you used to leave my house to go to the gym or the pool or the studio? No, I was a contented canine. Maybe you go hit range balls for hours. Do you even realize you've been home for almost 50 months? How about if you just shut up and throw the Frisbee, Grandpa? If you're good, I'll take you for a walk in the morning. Speaking of those walks, it's embarrassing when you ask me to pee on the tires of illegally parked cars. I'm going to leave you with this one thought. Do you know where the duct tape is? Do you? That refrigerator is full of meat, and I can do a fabulous Maggie imitation. <laughs> Barkingly yours, Chessie the boss. P.S. I'm the one who told my friends the squirrels to eat the tomatoes. That's a deep That's take. That's very good. And one more from Alex Lau in Lake Orion, Michigan. No, not actually. It just seems like every day you read at least one email from some listener in Lake Orion, because Orion is now your new favorite word to say. So I figured I would fake it like I was from Lake Orion to get on to the show. Really, I'm from the far superior New York City. Eat it, Michiganders. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Who's your favorite pitcher? Max Scherzer. <laughs> what does Max Scherzer do? Six. Who's your favorite batter? Soto. Soto. <laughs> <laughs> Love that boy.
the familiar crowd was gathering to pair up two by two, leading to the song. I noticed that my steps weren't ringing true. I will never dance another dance until I dance with you. Seven years I've tripped the light Connecting for a song or two Meeting many gazes Smiling a superficial pas de deux But since we met this random traveling There's an emptiness I'm blue I will never dance another dance Until I dance with you Looking for someone else Could be that the timing was wrong Lately I've been trying to lose myself But I'm finding I was lost all along 
never thought that magic would come to me What a fool to miss your sleight of hand Was it an illusion I was blind to see Maybe all along you were my man All this time there's been nobody Who could bring me a smile Turn my world into poetry But you held the answer expected you to compete you make all the planets align you're the one the reason that my life's complete maybe all along dear you were